Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Christy. Christy's at the back there and um, he's made some big decisions in life recently. And I've asked him to just share briefly with us just sort of how God's been leading him and um, yeah, how he's been hearing from God and acting on it. So thanks, Christy. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it started one Sunday when I wasn't in church. My wife, I was working, my wife was in church and I came home the afternoon and she told me like, you know what, I've listened to the message this morning and I just felt like God telling me to tell you that you should quit your job. He tells you to tell me to quit your job and um, we thought about it so I told her, nah, I'm going to pray about it, pray about it, I was a bit hesitant on it as well so I... Uh, um, I asked Peter for a coffee date, and so we spoke, told him, Peter, uh, I feel like leaving my job and all that kind of stuff, and then he told me, just find out what God is saying and all that, and then a year after that, I still felt the same feeling, and then after my wife reminding me five times again, God told me you should leave your job. So I told her, okay, the 1st of December, I'm going to leave my job. And uh, that didn't happen, and then because it was too busy at work, so I said I don't want to leave them like that. And then the 1st of Feb, before the 1st of Feb, the 31st of, of January, I, I spoke to Peter, I told him, Peter, uh, it's happening. I've been feeling this feeling now for a long time, I've been asking God, I have felt all the emotions that I need to feel or whatever. And then he told me, there's no red flag, so if your wife is on board, then you can do it. And then the very next day, uh, when I came to work, it's like typing out the email, sending the email, and everyone is that, and they're talking to me, it's like, oh, how are you? Oh, I see you leaving your job. I said, yeah, um, within the next seven days, I'm out of here, and all that kind of stuff. But what was amazing is that what happened on that day, like um, I told Peter, I want to be more um, active in ministry, I want to give myself more to the Lord. And what happened that day, uh, Ben uh, um, from Calling Academy of School, um, sorry, I'm studying uh, um, education, so I'm studying education, so I'm focusing on that. And then Ben calls, Ben says, you know what, we've got a, a program here at school, do you know anyone that uh, can help us with this program Tuesdays and Thursdays? And then Peter says, I've got just a guy. And then I went to the school and all that kind of stuff, and we talked and we talked and we talked and I did a few, few uh, sessions with the kids and they, they told me, you know what, we, we love you so much here, uh, we know you're studying education, um, we are going to try and sort you out with an internship so you can work here, do ministry, and if you're done with your, with, your, with your studies, you can also have a job here with us as well. So God has just been taking me through this whole thing. And then after I spoke to Peter, I, I felt a bit fearful in terms of what I'm going to do, how am I going to uh, uh, um, stand up and measure up and all that. And then speaking, speaking to my mother, and my mother is like, you know what, you're the man, and you need to provide, and this and this. And I'm like, mother, I needed to hear that now. And then, um, uh, and then, all, and then what, 
what has happened was I, I spoke to the Lord. I said, Lord, if this is really a good decision, just give me something. And then God showed me Romans 8 verse 31 in, uh, um, on the last, uh, I think 37 and 38. It says that my, my love is so awesome for you. Like my love, you will never be ever be separated from my love. And it's like God is confirming no matter what you need, there will be provision. This is not your decision, but this is a God decision that you have made. And ever since I've made that decision, I have never ever felt so much peace in my life. Like literally waking up, I am not concerned about what's going to happen today or how I'm going to get this and that. And it's like God is reassuring me every time. My love is for you. My love is for you. And um, I've, like I said, I've actually seen so much growth in my life and even in my wife's life and even in our, in our marriage as well. It's like we are now a lot more closer and a lot more tighter now. Like we, like this, and I said, Lord, that, that is what I wanted. So if I had to leave my job for that and just to give myself more, then it is worth it. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are standing in between decisions that you have to make, and you know it's God, and you know you need to respond upon it. Do not worry about the case afterward. Because God is alive. His love is alive. And His love is for us. And, and I know that God will never leave us. Nor will He forsake us. So provision will be there in, in, in any way. And so yeah. That is just my two cents in story.
and um, and still are. And I mean, that's not anything but God. Like it's just how God is. God just invites us to live for the desires that He's placed in our hearts. And I mean, if it's godly desires, it's to reach you, it's to change a nation, it's to, to give up what you've got to see more of the kingdom. Um, I mean, that's pretty much God. <laughs> the devil is not going to invite you to, to do more ministry, I mean. The devil is not going to invite you to do ministry school or not that full of your heart. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome uh, to see. But it still takes courage and faith and, and, and you need to remain abide in the line, like stay connected to, to, to Christ because um, it's not a one-time thing. People think faith is okay, woohoo, here we go, jump off the cliff. No, faith is daily. Like even Peter, he walked on the water and the next moment he was out of faith because he looked around. And that's why we have family, that's why we have community, and that's why we do life together because um, some days you look around and you see the bolsters, waves, and the wind, and the storm, and, and you're like, I know I'm in this, and I know God said, and I know God spoke, and I know God's going to come through, but I just don't feel it in the moment. I just don't feel like it right now, or my bank account doesn't look like it. My, 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 my feel is empty, or whatever, like, but then we have family. Then we have community, then we have the fellowship of the saints, and we go to life group or Bible study, or we say, hey man, pray for me, hey man, I need some help, I need some prayer. And I think that's the humble humility. You know, if, if we're humble, God never needs to humiliate us. Not that God would, but like you will be humiliated if you don't humble yourself. Because I was reading um, Friday night, actually, in ministry school, or ministry night here, I was reading through Deuteronomy, just scanning through it. And, God says choose, He says blessing and cursing life and death. But just before that, in verse 15 of, I think, Deuteronomy 30, He says, I put before you life and good. Life and good. And death and evil. And then later on He says, choose life. So if we don't choose it, we're just going to go into self-destruction. God's not going to punish you. God's not going to destroy you. Is going to lead to self-destruction because you were made with a true north. You were made with eternity in your heart. You were made with the longing for the love of God that has to be into your heart all eternity. And then that comes through the Spirit. And if we don't heed to that, ask Nebuchadnezzar. Then you either die or you become like an animal. It says his, his hair grew like feathers. And for seven years he lived in a bush somewhere. We don't even know him. He was the king of the universe, but why doesn't profit a man if he gets the whole world? But he's his soul. God's inviting us to, 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 to give up the world. He who loves his life will lose it, but he who is willing to give up his life for my sake and the kingdom. Amen? That is what we do when we just live the abundant life. The abundant life is not things. Amen? No, it means. The abundant life is not things. The abundant life is the you can have all the things in the world. Ask Solomon. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. And you know what? I think it's Daniel 4. It's actually written by Nebuchadnezzar himself, the heathen king. And he comes to the end of his life and he says, There's one God. And there's one kingdom that's going to reign and rule for eternity. And it's not mine. And we can learn from people like that. That's why it's the word for our life. We can learn that there's one way in which God's back. And uh, it's not because there's a strict rule, it's because I teach my boys, I teach them because I love them. When I tell them, don't do this because it's going to harm you. That's the 
assembly of God. I'm not going to wait for him to burn his hand on the stove before I tell him, you're fine. Don't do it. Amen? I'm going to ask Warren to come up. So we have a, a guest minister in the house today, but he's not a guest because he's here every Sunday. Um, and Warren and his wife, Annalise, has been with us now for a number of years. They've both done uh, Great Life Ministry School and graduated. They're part of the group team. They're active in life groups and Bible studies. And um, at the last week, connect and belong, Warren shared just briefly a little testimony of their story. And um, we already plan to share today on finding family. And I'm like, well, this guy's going to do a better job than I can. Because uh, he's lived it. And like, uh, even the pre-service, um, we just said to, I just felt encouraged by Warren that, that he didn't prepare for the message this week. He's been preparing for it for a number of years. He's been walking around. So we're in good hands, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what Warren is going to share with us. Thank you, Warren. Yeah, I brought this thing because it looks nice. I just <laughs> position it so you can't see there's nothing on it. Um, thank you. Uh, yes, my name is Warren. I, uh, I'm just a kid in the family of God. Um, and when Peter asked me to, to share with you today, it wasn't really difficult because after I prayed, I realized that half of the message God already implanted in my heart. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to share with you. And I trust that God will bless you with it. Just remind, I just want to remind you that it's not my message. Uh, it's not my life that, that matters here. Um, it, is, it is what I learned the hard way is that it is a profound part of our Christian life or our gospel life. So we're going to speak about family. Now, when I told my daughter that Peter said I must speak about finding family, she was going like, because family evokes emotions, whether you speak about your natural family and even when you speak about church family, there's certain emotions we've got filters, some as good experiences, some bad experiences. Um, so, with that mixed thoughts and reactions, um, we need to understand that it depends on your personal experience how you will react to family. Amen? So, when we use the word family in the church context, um, we must ask ourselves, are we using the word just as a metaphor to refer to us as a group? Or is it a reality? That's what I feel that, that God wants us to, to look at today. Um, it's important to have a personal relationship. We all know that. It's important that you have a personal relationship, that you get saved. You can't get saved through your wife or through your brother or your sister. You get saved because of your relationship with God. And we concentrate on our relationships. But we must realize that how God works is God works with a body. God doesn't work with lone rangers. And that's why it's important for us to examine what the family is. And it may sound boring and, and we know all of that, but if we look at the family, it can be different things. Family can be, well, the, the dictionary uh, um, 
definition of a family is a group of, of, of persons who's united together. It's normally by blood, father, mother, but how did father and mother get together? They got together through marriage. So now we talk about our in-laws, because you are a family in-law. The law determined that part of the family. Can be through adoption. And I like to use the, 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 the uh, example of Peter and Natasha. It can also be just a bond out of love that creates family. So that is, it shows you that there's a bond, there's a, there's a loyalty towards each other. And if you'll agree with me, that family has basically two aspects to it. It's relationship, and there's a loyalty or an obligation. Even if you don't like your family, there's always that loyalty. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you hear something bad happened in the family, you've spoken to them 10 years ago, but you will contact them because you feel that loyalty. You feel there's, a, there's an obligation. And you can't get rid of it because the family. Okay? So, um, family in relationship means that we are linked together and that we have something to share with each other. That's the relations part of family. Um, if you think of two young people one day think, they can love each other, but they're not family yet. Amen. So they they just date each other. But once they get married, sure. let me let me get one step back. You date this girl, and all of us who got married went through that. So when you date the girl in the Afrikaans culture, you pull the girl's father womb and the mother tummy. <laughs> right? So now you get married. Now it's mom and dad. And we were at the wedding of a friend of mine and he didn't get this thing right in his head. So at his wedding reception he said he wanted to thank Wumba and Tani Mom. You can see the switch there. It's when you become family there's, there's another relationship. That becomes permanent. Before Andy can leave the door, it doesn't matter. <coughs> but when you marry, there's a permanence in the, in the relationship. And that relationship means that you share hardships, you share victories, you support each other. Like when we pray now for Krista, we cheer him on. Why? We're not going to forget about him on Monday. It's because he's part of the family. And we have that relationship. Amen. Amen. So, when you get to the obligation and the loyalty part, that's some place where we get a bit stuck. Because we don't want to. I, they did something wrong to me and I took offense and now I don't want to. But because of that relationship, because of the fact that there's a bond, you have a loyalty and you have an obligation. So when somebody calls you at 11 o'clock at night, you're going to get up and you can help because there's a bond. Amen? So, so think of this. 
What is family as we know it in our natural lives? Is a type or an image what God intended this church to be? Let me put it another way. What if God grouped people together in earthly families for us to be able to practice and experience what church, the body of Christ, is so that we can imitate that? So, if we look from the beginning, if we, if we start in Genesis, I think that's more or less a good beginning. Um, after God made Adam and Eve, they dwelt in the garden with God. They had free access to God, and God spoke to them daily. God had a relationship to them. Right? We can see that after Adam was right, God saw that Adam needed relationship. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Genesis 1 verse 18. But that man is actually mankind. Sure. It's not good for us as people to be alone. God did not say it's not good for you people in the world to be alone. It's people, mankind, spiritual or physical, it's not good for us to be alone. So God created relationship. Even when Adam and Eve knew that they were naked, they were ashamed, they hid in the garden, we all know the story. God did not leave them and say, I'm going to wait for these kids to come out of the bushes. He went to look for them. He had that obligation part, he didn't demonstrate. There's a relationship. He looked for them, he made them close so that they do not have to be ashamed, even if they were wrong. And that gives us a very good picture of how God intended a family to be. Yeah. It's interesting, in Exodus 3 verse 7, it's the first time that I could find that Jesus referred to people, a, a, a group of people, um, as his people. And that's when he spoke in the bush, the burning bush to, to Moses. And he said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. That's the first time. So God's heart was all the time, not only to relate to us individually, but also to relate to us in groups. Sure. In a family circle, where there's relationship, we well, have a bond together. So, there's an interesting fact that I picked up, and that is, God had relationship with a lot of people in the Bible, close relationship. Think of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Daniel, Gideon. There's a close relationship that he had, but they were never children. And the reason why they were never children is that God was never their father. So, let's look at John 1, verse 10 to 30. I'm going to read that from the Amplified Classic. He came into the world, and through the world was, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him and did not know him. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own, and they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. And then verse 12 says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority or the power or the privilege or the right to become children of God. That is to those who believe, 
trust and rely on him, on his name, who owe their birth neither to bloods nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but to God. Here God says, you are born into a family. Amen. When you get are reborn, born of the Spirit, you're born into the family of God. Now if we look at how families in the natural life exist, you are born into a family. Most of the times. You may be adopted, but you are born most of the time. So, when we look at church family, I can tell you what church family is not and what that's like. And I can tell you what church family is like if you have the true church family. So, we were in a, in a church and when we were saved from darkness to light, we went to another church, um, which was a charismatic church. And we loved the church because it was something new in the old church. We, we had a situation where you go to church and they know you because you're there for a long time and they send an elder to your house to come and see if you live a clean life so that you can do communion um, but that's about it so we went to this new church and the first time we went to a home cell and that was awesome because there we could, we could have church that we thought was great church so um, we use the language of a reborn Christian. Um, we were blessed. We 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 had favour. Uh, we had prosperity. We had all those things. We used the language, and we realised after a while that it's awesome to have these things, but there was no fruitfulness. And we, we said, but there must be more. We, we got born again. We, we have great services. We have even better worship. But we went to this life through all this. Home cell. Um, but that's where it, where it goes. So when I started asking God what's wrong with this picture, because we thought this is it. This is now how it works when you're born again. The answer was, because we were just a home cell, we didn't have any contact with the rest of the church, with the pastors, with anything. We had our home cell. And then we go to the congregation, and that's the celebration service, and it was awesome. You get a message, and then you go away, or you drink coffee with your home cell, and then you're a home cell again. And then we realized that home cell was probably the right language to use. Because we were just one cell in a larger body, but we were separated from the body. And that led to unfruitfulness. So, after two or three years, we started looking again. Um, now remember, at that stage, we were born again. We received the Holy Spirit. 
we were attending all these great services, having great worship sessions, um, and we were eager to be involved as we could be. But nothing was enough because we were unable to bear fruit. And that really was a, a, a bit of a a bit of a shock to me, to be honest. Um, so we kept looking, and then obviously we. <laughs> we went to a lot of weird places, sorry, <laughs> um, and a lot of weird churches um, or congregations. Um, so in the, in this time, friends of us invited us to a to a camp, a weekend camp or something. And to be honest, it was very primitive, and I didn't really want it to go. It was a restoration ministry, um, and and man, I was a reborn Christian, so I had nothing to restore. So. I didn't really want to go. Um, I went there because I can take something else off. I, w- I went into a mode where you start, you start just filling up yourself, doing courses, listening to, to sermons, and just fill up yourself. But there was no outflow of anything. Um, so I want to, I want to talk about what happened at the ministry, apart from the fact that. When we got there and we saw how these people worked together and the unity amongst the facilitators who facilitated the course, we realized that that was actually church. That was a family. So we prayed about it um, and and then we, we went to volunteer there. Now, if you can if you can picture being in a group of people, about 30 people, from Friday to Friday afternoon to Sunday evening, in complete unity for a full weekend, completely led by Holy Spirit. Just serve, sure. ministry. When somebody walks past you and you see they've got a frown, you pray for them. Um, if you can picture that, that was what we did there. It was this group of people laughing, crying, celebrating, morning, everything, and it was no effort whatsoever. When you, when you sad to go on a Sunday evening, but then the guy, one guy's um, uh, uh, son drowned, unfortunately, during the week, and everybody rocked up, and, and it's just carrying each other, and cheering each other on. And when something happens good, we celebrate it, and when it was bad, we mourned it and we encouraged. And then when the next weekend comes and the next group comes in, you just have the opportunity to love. It's just an outflow that was so amazing. So, um, why did we leave there? Well, unfortunately, if you allow distortion to enter in, if you allow people to come in and distort the unity and corrupt the leadership, the whole thing broke down. And that ministry, unfortunately, today does not exist. So that's not the story. The story is that after that experience, I became fully convinced that to have a family, a church family, is not a metaphor. It is a necessity of true life in Christ. 
Because if you don't do it in a family, you can never be as fruitful as you would be. We can go out one by one, we can go out two by two. But if we don't support each other in the family, if we don't have the relationship and the obligation towards each other, you will be fruitful up to a point and then it will stop. If we want to see an abundance of fruitfulness, family is an essential part of that. So, Ephesians 3 verse 14, Paul started to pray for his audience and he prays for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I don't have to say anything more about that. Father God, the Father of Jesus Christ, is the Father of the whole family. He's me and your Father when we get born again. So Paul knew that all the believers were in one family and named after the God, after God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that family nucleus of God, like we know on earth, mother, father, brother, sister, God's family nucleus is the believers. Those who believe in Christ. And we need to be aware of that. I'm not saying that because I want to sound clear. I'm saying that because where I went in churches, they don't know that. Not because of ignorance, because we think it's a metaphor. Yeah, that's good. And it's not a metaphor to refer to a congregation. So we refer to the family of Christ, we don't refer to Christ like Stonewash. We don't even refer to only grace life. We refer to the family of God, all the believers of God. Which means that we have relationship and we have obligation towards all the believers. And that is why we support ministries elsewhere in the world who are not part of grace life. You remember um, uh, one of these guys from Dewitt in and Ben Conway, all the, a few names come up that, that, that we support each other because we're family. We can have different logos, different colors, different venues. And that's the issue. So if we compare this with, with Romans 8 verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Galatians 4 7, wherefore thou art no more than a servant but a son, and if a son then an heir. Of God through Christ. So if you go through the word you will keep on saying or seeing that Paul understood that family of God means God is the father and we are born into his family. So you have a birth certificate and the birth certificate when my kids were born they didn't have a choice who their parents were. <laughs> Neither did you sorry. <laughs> So they didn't have a choice. And when Cuddly was born, she didn't know I was her dad. She was just seeing this goofy guy making faces. <laughs> she didn't know that's her dad. But she was born into the family. And we cared for her. And we supported her because she's family. But even when she didn't know who I was, 
She had a birth certificate and on the birth certificate was saying, Karliya is the son of Bhagavad. Oh, sorry, daughter. Sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but when we are born again in the spirit, and this time it doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, when you're born again in Christ or through Christ, you have a birth certificate, and your name on the birth certificate says your dad is Father God. Amen, that's good. And how awesome is that? How awesome is that to realize that? That you don't have, to, we, we talk about finding family, and I'll get to that part. But we must first realize that we are already family. We are born into a family, and that is why the guys of the Old Testament wasn't family. Because they weren't born into the family. They were not children of God. God called them friends. Okay, are you with me? So, we cannot change the ways of God. And that is, that is a, an important thing, because what the trend is, and I'm not saying obviously not that, yeah, but the trend is that we change the message to suit our earthly lives. We, we tend to do that. We say, yes, the word says that, so I will give a definition of that family which suits me. And what happened is we equate family with communication. And we say, this is our Grace Life Stellenbosch family. Which is not wrong, but it's not only that. You get it? So when we speak about family, we must understand it's not the dream team. It's not the guys go out on mission. It's not the Grace Ambassadors. Those are little pockets of family. It's not that. We are all born into the family. And when we refer to it, we shouldn't get our own definition. We should look at the Word and follow what the Word says. I'll give you an example. The Word says that when we are born again, God is our provider. We will lack nothing. Do we feel we lack nothing? Or do we scuttle and try if the, the, the ways of the world to get to a point where we feel we lack nothing? So it's again, it's just a small little correction that we can say, I trust it. God, I trust you. I know it's you, I trust you. And then go on. So back to our story, we, we, uh, we were at the, at the ministry, we experienced what church was like, and we got stuck, and we say, but we don't see it, we don't feel it, we don't get it, anyway. So, COVID hit, and, uh, We started listening to sermons from this church, Grace Lifestyle and Bosch, online. My son sent us a link, we started listening to the sermons. First of, of all, we say, well, you know what? 
We like what we hear because it's truth. And if you hear truth, it will, it will immediately attract you. But then we started seeing what is happening in the church. How you guys do church together. We enrolled in the ministry school. We were still outsiders. So we enrolled in the ministry school in 2021. And we got more of that. We got some of the care that we could see that filled us through. And I'm talking about online. We could feel it. We could see it. We did the second year of ministry school. And then we realized that we have to make a decision. Because we had this craving to be in a family. We knew at Fisherman's Village what that was, where we, where we volunteered, and we couldn't find it anywhere. And then we had the choice to make and say, but that, that life there, we can, we can identify with that. So I started making jokes. Let's move to the Western Cape and go to a church. And my children, when they were, they were little, and I made jokes in the house, they immediately turned to my wife and said, after mama. <laughs> Nine out of ten times she said no. So then, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I started making jokes, and one day my wife was just stopping me and saying, do you want to go or not? And I said to her, what do you think? She said to me, I pop more so um, we decided to move for a church family not for a congregation not for a denomination we decided to move for a church family because we believe that is the nucleus of where we can be fruitful if we can't be fruitful on our own there must be another way to be fruitful. And I want to, to emphasize the point that yes, we can be fruitful on our own. You can go out, you can pray for people at your work, do whatever, and it's necessary. But that's not the only way, and it will have a point where it stops. When you do it in a family, it can abound. Because if people walk through the door, on a Sunday, on a Monday, in it, there should be 10 people storming that person and saying, welcome, can I pray for you, can I love on you, can you do, you can, you can pray, you can love, you can minister, you can receive all of that. It's not, but it must be a mindset. Peter spoke about what is the condition of your heart. And the condition of our hearts must be, I'm in a family. When I see Herman walk through the door, I don't see Herman walk through the door. I see my brother. We are blood brothers. I'll, I'll show you later on why I say that. But we are blood brothers. So, do not think that you need to write off your earthly family. That's not what I'm saying. We, we saw that in um, Matthew 12. We read Matthew uh, 12, verse 46 to 50. That was when Jesus was talking to the disciples while he had talked to the people. 
His mother and his brethren stood out, desiring to speak with him. And somebody said to Jesus, Behold, your mother and your brethren stand without, desiring to speak with you. But he answered and said to them, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand and he showed to his disciples and he said, Behold, look at my brethren and my mother. Whoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, same is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Jesus did not say here, they dead to me. He did not say here, I don't care for them. I mean, Jesus' mother was, while he was on the, on the cross, he was giving his mother to John. And he said, this is your mother now. He cared for his mother. His mom waited with the other 120 people at Pentecost. So the, the thing here is that Jesus did not say, leave your family. He said, your family is not limited to those people. Have a broader view because you are born again. Even if they're not born again, they're included in the family that you need to attend to. You understand that? So we don't write off the family, we rather care for them and it's even better if they participate in your spiritual family. So when we talk about looking for family, it was all the way God's purpose to adopt us into his family so that we can together be fruitful in the kingdom of God. So. In the family, we are able to equip the saints. We are able to do the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ, which we cannot do on our own. But it's not a Sunday service. We cannot limit it to that. Because if we limit it to the Sunday service, it means that it's step family. It means that we come here for our own purposes. It means that if I come to church for my own purposes, I don't really care about your purpose. And then you must ask the question, is that selfishness? Because we can be very spiritual and be very selfish. And that's when we mix things. So if we look at Acts 2, we see that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, how people reacted to that. They got together, they broke bread from house to house, not wait for Sunday and have a thing. It says in the synagogues they got together as well. And they got together in houses. And they sold everything and they made sure that nobody had left. We would say, wow, that's a bit extreme. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, so you can rest assured <laughs> that, uh, that we don't expect you to do that. But the point is, that is another example of how it was intended when Holy Spirit, you must remember those people had no idea what's going to eat them. They saw these fishermen talking in languages, speaking truth about God, and they were just cut to the heart. And when Holy Spirit touched them, they really surrendered everything. 
everything. It's Peter spoke about giving to Corinthians uh, uh, 9 verse 7. Speak about giving and hilarious giving. That was pretty hilarious there. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious there. So it's all about if, 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 if we stay outside the family, if we don't regard the community of believers as family, it will always, your life will always be all, uh, all about us in the name of Jesus. Well, in the family, it's all about Him through us, His body. Isn't that a better place to be? When it's all about Him through us, instead of all about us in His name. So, we say, but you know, it really, we, we're busy. We're busy. We, we can't do church the whole week. Just go and remember the, the, the scripture where, where Jesus was sitting in the house. Martha was very busy making coffee and sorting everything out. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was complaining. She said, speak to her. She was helping. Jesus said, she found something that's better. And it will not be taken away from her. So our lives, like Christu gave his testimony, our lives would be better if we pour ourselves into the family of the kingdom instead of just carrying on with our daily jobs. I'm not saying leave your job. If God says do it, do it. But what I'm saying is it's not effort to be family throughout the week. If we speak about finding family, I don't have a plan, seven points or weekend course, to find family. The first thing that I can tell you is pray. Pray about it and ask God to show you. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you. You must just ask. Secondly, examine your heart. What do you feel about family and why do you have filters? Break down the filters that you regard family through. Because filters keep us away. And then thirdly, you have to do something. You have to make a decision. If you want to find family, you must make a decision. And that decision is for me. Lord, there is family. I'm going to go there. We talk about radical Christianity. Radical Christianity is not to go and live in a hole in Africa and, and preach the gospel. Maybe that, but radical Christianity is to do what the Word says to do. It's that simple, but it's that radical. It's that simple, but it's that radical. So, I want to close with I said I'll come back to the blood pot. You know, the, the, the world says blood is thicker than water. What if the blood is referring to the blood of Jesus? And what if the saying is rather that if you're born through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have a tighter bond than if you're only born of water? So in a church family, it's not my words, it's not Peter's words. 
We don't want to fill the church by sameness. You can have a look at the word Galatians 2 says, uh, 6 verse 2 says, bear another, one another's burdens. Galatians 5 13 says, through love serve one another. James 5 16 says, pray for one another that you may be healed. 1 Thessalonians 5 11 says, encourage one another and build one another up. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 11 says, comfort one another. And 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. It's there, there is generosity that God loves. And Colossians 3.16 encourages believers to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. It's word. It's word that says all of those things that I described that we experienced when we experienced true church family. It's the word. It's the word of God. All we need to do is, have we found the family? That's up to you. It's up to you. Are you keeping looking out from the outside in, or have you found the family? So I encourage you to be deliberate in your search for, for a family. And I'm fully convinced, if you're fully convinced that you found it, be deliberate about it. Make a decision. If, if you find a family and that's in Krabo, go there. But do not sit on the fence. Do not make it a metaphor for, gathers, for gatherings. Because if we do that, our Christian life will depend on meetings. Amen. Because the word says there's a friend that is closer than a brother. 
So we have this obligation. We are family. Like Warren said, when the phone rings at 11 on a on a Friday night, like I mean, I've answered those calls if I hear them. Sometimes my phone is off or it's not with me, but you you respond because it's family. And people get angry with us and they say, oh, are you going to chase us away? I'm like, no, I can't. It's family. Um, you're part of the family. And like, I really like what Lauren said. It's not a metaphor. Like, I've never thought of it in that way. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship and it's an obligation. Um, the score says, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, had set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. I think it's so beautiful. Like what Jesus did is he brought people together, outcasts, uh, people that were sinners and publicans. And what did he make of them? He made them family. He made them brothers and sisters. And he said, John, this is your mom. John, this is your mom. She had more sons. You can read Jesus had, Jesus had brothers and sisters. Why? Because John was on the bosom. John was close to him. John was the one who knew his heart. And that's really how we also want to protect our family. Is uh, by we, 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 we allow people here if we know they, they're close to our hearts. Our life leaders, our ministers, they are close to our hearts. We're family. Like, they take priority in my life. Is, uh, all the life leaders take priority in my life because they help me take care of the family. And we've said it before, and I'll just close with this. If you're feeling like you have more to, I want to say, to partake of, like you're missing out on a piece of the pie after what God just showed you, like, ask yourself, are you in the life group? That's the first thing. And the second thing is, why? Are you going to the life group if you are just to get, or are you going to consider others as more important? Are you going to, I've got a relationship, I've got an obligation, I've got something to do. Why would we take a whole Sunday and dedicate to find family? Because if our family grows, so does what we receive. So does the revelation. Because God's going to show you something that you're going to bring and share with us. And we're going to be richer for it. God is going to show you something or you're going to pray into a situation that's going to change the direction of it or something or someone's life. Um, and uh, yeah, as we grow, we need more people to help take care of people. And we need you to, if you need care, be in the Because that's really our primary family. And when that comes together, not just on a Sunday, like our mother Barnes said, um, we're not, uh, your Christianity cannot be event-based, or you can't wait for events. Like it happens all over. It happens all the time. Um, because events are hard work, and if you were on Friday, <laughs> it was hard work. It's nice to go to Tiger work and just receive, and they make the coffees, and they, do the dishes, and they set up the lights. Now we were hosts, so we're different. Um, but we have an obligation. If we partake of the family, sometimes you go, sometimes you invite. And I really want to just encourage you to, to step into this. This is really part of our DNA as Grace Life. But like Barton said, it's a church family of all life. A lot of heaven and earth. You might have even lost some loved ones. They're still part of your family because they're in heaven. And we can all celebrate again and fall into it. Won't you stand and close your eyes as I just pray for us? Father, we thank you so much for this word. And we don't want to just leave, just like my ticker box go on, and have a good rest of our weekend. But if you really want to respond to this word, if you feel like 
You need to lean into this. You need to take some of this. You need to maybe sow some of the seeds of truth that you received. You need to act on it. You want to, to step into this. Um, there's obviously many ways, but like Warren said, you can pray. And right now, you can just pray and say, God, how can I be more part of the church? How can I be more part of the church? How can I partake more of that which I was born into? How can I partake more of that? I mean, there's many, many verses that he shared there that, that just shows us that this is going to take obedience and surrender to the Word. And the more of us obey the Word, the more of us surrender the truth, the more healthy the church will be. Amen? Because then we have this cherished unity that is only possible in the Spirit. And then when you have found it, then you need to, you need to contend for it. You need to keep yourself in the love of God. You need to fight for unity. You need to, as far as is possible, live at peace with all men. If you want to become a net contributor to this family, not just a net consumer. And if you're still in the consumption phase, that's fine. We'll pour into you. God will pour into you. The Holy Spirit will pour into you. But we want you to, to, to fill you up, to grow you up, so that they can be overflowed. So that more of us can take care of more of us. That this is just such a close-knit family. And I just see this picture of a fishing net. And I just see how God is adding people to this fishing net. How He's adding people to a network. How He's adding people to be part of this unity. This family. And it's really not about who's where. But it is, if you're there, like you're one of the knots that keep things together. You're one of the knots that help us become fishers of men. You're one of the, 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 the key parts of holding this, this beauty that we call church together. The bride of Christ. Not any one of us, but all of us together. visiting here from my other church like I mean thank you for coming but make sure you are where God wants you to be make sure that you are where, where this family where you are cherished where you are partaking of that as though I were right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God which brings you trembling into His presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will see as innocent, you will be seen as innocent, faultless, pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them as shining lights in 
the universe, faultless and pure children of God, the family of our Father, even in the midst of all the Hamosh and everything that's going on. There's family. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a place to belong. They're looking to connect. They're looking to receive. They're looking to, to be healthy. They're looking to be accepted unconditionally. Love. They're looking for someone who's willing to fight for them. That is what family does. Amen. Amen. Thank you to Barnum and Christy. Thank you to all of you for partaking of this meal today. And um, as you leave, have a cup of coffee with us, have a good time, and have a blessed week. We love you all. We deserve Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.